Welcome back to the trough where the sheep are fed. Uh, this is going to be episode two. Technically, I'm going to call it episode one. Uh, this is going to be all about the search for meaning. In this life, we're all searching for a purpose, a meaning behind things. We're all searching for love. We all are searching for healing. Uh, we're all broken in our own ways. Uh, and we tend to tend to find things. We tend to make idols for ourselves, if you will. And we try to find meaning in all the wrong areas. Whether those areas, you know, they're, they're games or their work or it's school or it's in a significant other, friendships, whatever it may be. We're always looking in the wrong area to find a meaning and a purpose for us to keep pushing on. Um, and I can truly tell you, there's there's one man that will do that for you and his name, his name is Jesus Christ. We live in a world that is in need of a savior right now. I, I mean, if you look around, the world's broken, it's damaged, it's just an utter mess. And in a world that needs a savior, let Jesus enter your heart. He stands knocking. And all you gotta do is open the door for him. Come as you are. He does not care if you're a pot smoker, a, a manipulator, a, a prostitute. He does not care if you're a stripper. It does not matter what you are. Just come to him as you are and he will heal you. He will make you well. He will fix you up, bandage you up, and give you a whole new life. You are a new creation in Christ. And He's here to give you a purpose and to give you a reason to push forward. Uh, if, if nothing else, you always have a friend in Jesus. And in today's episode, I'm, I'm going to give you Bible and give you quotes and evidence to this that, that God remains faithful and he's a man of his word and he's never one to break a promise. As we get started, I want to start with prayer and uh, if you'll just take a moment with me. Father God, thank you for gathering us together. I pray that you will open our ears to hear you and our hearts to love. Give us the knowledge and the wisdom from today's message that it will be a seed sown in good soil so that it may grow in us and bear good fruit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our hearts. Fill us with your goodness and may you speak through me and your, only your words be remembered and anything that is not from you be tossed aside It's just forgotten about. May you show those listening, God, that you do have a purpose for us all. You do have a meaning to the life you breathed into us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So to get started in today's message, there's no better place than, than to start right at the beginning. And uh, that's going to be in Genesis 1, verse 27. It's, and it reads, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And this goes to show that God, we are literally images of God. Like, we are God's artwork. We are his, his canvas and he's painting us and he gives, he, we're all, we're a representative of God. Uh, and you may be sitting there, but like, okay, yeah, he created me, but that doesn't, that, that's nothing. Like, why would he want, why would he want to create me of all people? And it goes on to tell us in Ephesians 2.10 that, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And that alone speaks volumes. It, that, that goes to prove that we are his artwork. We are crafted with skill and purpose, for we are his workmanship, it reads. And we're created in Christ Jesus, you know, for the good works, for the good works of the gospel, you know. God prepared what he wanted us to do long before we breathed our first breath. 
Uh, of course, when I tell you something, I'm always going to back it up with Bible for you. And this this is going to be backed up with a verse from uh, a quote from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. And it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So before we were even in the womb, more than just our first breath, before we were even conceived into the womb and formed by him and had our hand on us, he, he knew us. And he knew the plans and the purpose and the meaning for our life, the, the things we were going to do, the bad, the good, all the kingdom things we were going to do and all the bad things that we were going to do in this life. He goes on further down the road in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, which is a very famous quote. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And that, that right there, that first, that first line and half of uh, verse 11 there. He knows the plans he has for us. Even when we don't know the plans we have or he has for us, we're walking around with like a chicken with its head cut off. That's what we're like out here. And we're questioning like what is the purpose? What are we like what are we doing? He is standing there faithful to us, knowing what he's gonna do with us. And it goes on to read Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So he plans to lift us up and he plans to make us prosper, to succeed and not to harm us. You know, when we are, when he's prospering us and we're walking, you know, we have to abide in him. And when we abide in him and we trust and take refuge in him, he's going to prosper us. He's going to make us succeed. But that doesn't mean that storms aren't going to come our way, that, you know, the enemy's not going to shoot fiery darts at us, that, it, that drag us down and take it make us have to like reroute if you will and open new doors and shut other doors that were not originally a part of the plan but when you put it your trust in god he will take care of it he will prosper you and he will not harm you and then he goes on and plans to give us hope in the future and to, our hope is in jesus christ and all hope is is it's an expectation it's trusting in something having confidence in something once you put your confidence in jesus everything works out to plan and he he wants to give us a future. He doesn't want to just cut us short. He's not going to strike us down. He wants to give us a future. He wants to see us prosper. He wants to see us succeed and do amazing things in this life. Even though we're going to face, like it says, we will face trial and tribulation in John. And But take heart because I have overcome the world, Jesus tells us. And that right there is more than enough to, to show you that when we place our faith and our trust in him, we are going to, face trial and tribulation we are going to face hardships we're going to face storms but he's got us he's always there for us he's never going to leave us and even when it seems like there's no purpose or plan to something it could be something so small like helping someone out or you know a friend is like you know bye i'm done with you like whatever it may be there is a meaning for it all he's refining you he's changing you he's changing your surroundings so you can grow closer to him and keep your eyes on the cross Keep your eyes on your redemption. Anything you see is bad or anything that is actually bad is always used for good. You got to keep that in mind. God is a good God. He's always good in everything he does. So anything that you see is bad, he will use for good. And he does that because he values that. And just like I said, I'm going to give you some Bible on this. In Matthew 6, verse 26, he speaks on and Jesus says, look, look at the birds of the air. 
They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And then he continues on in speaking of the birds again in Matthew 10, verse 31, saying, Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So he's telling us right there, we are valued. We have a purpose. He will provide for us. He will satisfy and sustain us. We do have value to him. Our life has a lot of value. He has a plan to prosper us, a plan for a future with us. Um, you know, our lives come with a price, and the, the price is so it's so high to God that he doesn't ever want to sell you. It's, it's, you're not up for sale once you're with him. Um, you know, and God's faithfulness, it goes on. And if, if for a moment, I just want to talk about it, that even when you think you feel like he's not there for you, he, he always is. And it's, we see it in 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. In situations where we feel like we would have walked away, I mean, let's look at ourselves and examine ourselves in the, in the eyes of God and eyes of Christ. And see how good his faithfulness is, and in in situations where you you you're friends with someone or you're acquaintances with them, and they say they're gonna do these crazy things, and you're like, yo, you're talking crazy right now. Like I'm just gonna step away, and you're not remaining faithful to that person. You're not remaining faithful to that relationship. He is always going to remain faithful, even when we walk away from him. He's gonna draw nearer to us. And it's on the Spirit to convict us and draw us near to Him because of His faithfulness. He is so good. He can't deny Himself. He'd be breaking a promise if if He didn't remain faithful and that's not who He is. And with that being said, I just want to say another prayer real quick, if you will join me with this. It's a prayer of thanksgiving and it's, Lord, thank You for being You. Thank You for never breaking any of Your promises. Thank You for being a true friend the true good shepherd. As it is written, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friend. And that's in John fifteen thirteen. You are the great sustainer, the definition of love. Nothing is more satisfying nor pleasing than your love, grace, and mercy. Thank you for your faithfulness. Where I would have walked away, you drew even closer. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit, thank you for the conviction to help sanctify us for our anointing. You are a God deserving of all praise, full of beauty and splendor. I pray in Jesus' forward, name. I want to touch on a couple. This is a bit of a longer section to this this first uh, this this podcast episode here, and this one's going to be about the this part's going to be about the parable of the prodigal son, and um, the prodigal son is all about, like, a prodigal is a lavish, a foolish spender. And when you get put it in with a son or a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, it's someone who leaves their parents to do things they don't approve of, but then feels sorry and returns home. Now, we are all God's creation. We may not all be God's children, but we are all God's creation. Once you accept Jesus into your heart and into your life, you are his children now, and you are the prodigal, the creation, who walked away because you thought you knew better. You wanted to run your own life. You thought you knew better than God. You thought your ways were better than his. 
and then you realize you you became broken and this and there and so many things happen that you're like God I I need you there's a reason you're sitting here right now listening to this God has a purpose for you and a meaning for you and, and it's taught here in, in the prodigal son and that we are we are we as creations walk away we tend to walk away from him but then eventually we realize our ways are not better and we come back to him and we, instead of him you know we get this idea of God that he's just going to be kind of either not accept us back at all or he's going to be very stiff with us or anything, but that's not the case at all in the prodigal. And it says here, and I quote in, in John or Luke fifteen eighteen, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Now this is the story, this is a, a figurative story of, a, of two sons who walked away from their father. One walked away and one stayed near. And uh, he's saying, Father, I've sinned against you. He's confessing with his mouth and his heart that he sinned against you and heaven. He sinned against his father and his heaven. And, heaven, and he's no longer worthy to be called the son. So treat me as a servant. Treat me as a low, like at the low of the pyramid here. Just treat me just as a, as a slave more or less. And the father, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and he felt compassion. Just like our Father God in heaven, Jesus in heaven. When they see us turning back, they feel compassion for us. And they come running to us as we come running to the Father. And they embrace us. They take us in and he makes us feel loved again. He makes us feel whole again. He gives us the sense of purpose and sense of meaning we need in our lives. Our brokenness needs healing. Otherwise, we're never going to be able to be our true selves. It goes on now in, in verse 32 here, and it says, It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And it's like amazing grace. I was lost and now I can see whatever. I was blind and now I can see and lost and found and it's all, it's, and that's exactly what it is, not to shrug it off, but it's, it's amazing grace that we are able to have this kind of Father, this kind of God in our lives. For we're dead in our sin, our, our spirit and soul is dead because sin is the definition of death. When we're dead in sin and then we, real, we confess our sins and we come back to the Father, He's going to embrace us, He's going to wash us clean and our sins and our debts are going to be forgiven and washed away. Another great example of, of the great grace of God is in Luke 15, uh, verses 3 through 8, 3 through 7 here. And it's about, it's the parable of the lost sheep. And in it, it talks about, I'm going to read starting at 3. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. So when we are that one lost sheep, Jesus being the good shepherd, he is going to leave the 99 that are faithful to him, and he's going to pull us back in. He's going to come and get us that our one, the one that went astray, the prodigal that went astray, and pull us back to his love. For there's no better love than the love of Jesus, the one that lays down his life for his friends. And, and it goes on here, and it says in, in verse 6, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents 
than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And that is exactly how God's grace, mercy, and love work. I, I can see where you might feel like, okay, where are you going with this right now? This is kind of like off topic of a meeting. But I just want to take a step back and look at this. The prodigal and the sheep. When we are the prodigal and we run away, just like the one sheep runs away, God, the father, the father doesn't just forget about his son in that story in the, of the prodigal son. The father still remembers that son. The father still remembers who he was and he waits for his return. He is. He, he keeps. He keeps steadfast and hoping that he will return one day, just as the one is the. The, the good shepherd goes and finds the one. He leaves the 99 for the one. He knows you by name. The God of the universe, the creator of everything, knows us by name and seeks us out to give us a purpose, to give us plans to prosper, to, to have give us hope and to give us a future. You have meaning in everything. And he is doing everything he possibly can to wrap, wrap you into his love, to go out and find you, to hope that you're going to come to him. He's doing, if you're listening to this right now and you're not believing, you're still on the fence, he is sitting there waiting. He is knocking at the door waiting for you to come to him and waiting for you to open up to him so that he can show you his great love, his great mercy. This all correlates back to having a meeting because why? Would he just want you in if he didn't have a purpose, if he didn't have a meaning for you? And then in Romans 8.32, it's it's St. Paul writing to the Romans saying, Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for gave him up for us all, won't we also give won't he also give us everything else? And that that too, like he he's gonna he's seeking us out. He's rejoicing when we come back to him. And then he's going to give us everything. He's going to give us a plan. He's going to give us sanctification. He's going to give us forgiveness. He's going to give us grace, abundance of grace and abundance of mercy, never ending. And he's going to give us the love, the love of God. If you read in KJV, it says charity is, charity is, God is, and God is the God of love. He's also a rightful and justful God, which we're going to get into in further episodes here. But he is loving. He has a, a purpose for us all. He has meaning for you. Even when, when you don't think there's any purpose or meaning to something, he is using it for something to shape you and change you and give you meaning beyond what you can comprehend at the time being. And above all else, if this still hasn't gotten to you, I know one book that hit me hard when I first came to Christ was the book of Echolescence. And that's, it's all about King Solomon. Now, if you don't know King Solomon, he is the richest man in history. He's the son of David, King David. And he wrote this book all about his sorrows, for essentially. It's all about life and how, and the, the purpose of the book, it, it's very, it's a very dark and deep book at the same time. And if I were to describe it in 10 words or less, it would be apart from God, life is empty and unsatisfying. And in chapter 1, verse 2, there's a quote I want to use to help you understand this. And it's, people live, work hard, and die only to leave their belongings to someone else. So what is the purpose of life without God then? If life is just meaningless toil, meaningless work and hard work, you know, 
what's the purpose of it? There is there really is no unless you find God in it and you can give God glory in everything you do. You can bring him the glory he deserves, the praise he deserves. He says it like we said earlier in Ephesians two ten. He he the for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If we are walking away from God, we're never gonna never gonna come to the to the understanding, the realization. We're never gonna see the good works that we have that God's prepared for us. So there's a quote from Michael Lessons in, in chapter twelve, and it's. Verse 13, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. And that says it enough. Like we are, like it says in Ephesians, we are created for good works and whatnot. And it says it again here in the Old Testament. Keep his commandments, obey God, be obedient. You know, and it's not that it sounds scary, but it's really not. It just comes in the process of putting your trust in it. It, it. You don't even have to do anything, and it'll just it'll it'll just come to you because that's how that's how good Christ is. But it goes on then. It just it's to keep His commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. Like our duty is to be good, to do good works, and the the things He's prepared for us. So to sum it up, I know personally through through my walk of life. I remember one year I got the book called A Man's Search for Meaning and I looked at it and I'm like, this is dumb. I'm like, this is just going to give me worldly, like just dumb things to understand why there's meaning. And, you know, when you don't want to hear it, you don't want to hear it. You know, you always, you always think you got to figure it out until you don't. And uh, I'm not trying to, to bash the book, but it's, 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 a man's search for meaning comes through it comes through God comes through Christ not through meaningless worldly ideas so I encourage you all who are listening believer non-believer to seek Christ even if you're unsure if you if you want to believe if you're unsure of what to believe I'm gonna drop my socials in into into the description. Feel free to DM me on, on my TikTok or my Instagram if you need more, if you need help, you know, you, you want, you need encouragement, you need someone to talk to. I'm always there for you. I will always be, I will always answer you and help you out through your walk with Christ. Uh, if you're unsure and whatnot, just, just pray and say, God, I'm unsure. Give me the desire to seek you. Show yourself, reveal yourself to me. And he's going to do it. He's going to. If you if you pray for it, he tells us if you if you pray for something, he's going to provide it. If you seek him first, he's going to all else will be added unto you. And it says in James 1 5 that if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him, and he will gladly tell you. So with that, I just want to say we're all broken. In our own way. We're all searching for something. We're all searching for pleasure. Or love. Or we're looking to be healed. We're looking for someone to come in our life as a savior. And G there's no one better than Jesus. Because he remains faithful. He remains faithful. He's a man of his word. And he will never break a promise. He will always, always, always be there for you. 
So I want to end this in prayer. If you have not accepted Jesus into your life, I want to pray this with me. Lord, I am a sinner. I need your grace and mercy. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that you are the Son of God, Jesus, who came to earth, lived, and died on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. I believe you rose again on the third day and are seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, I invite you into my heart to sanctify me and to make me a new creation. Lord, we thank you for blessing us. Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking today. Bless us with the wisdom and the knowledge in here. Show everyone in their lives. Give us the desires to seek you, to read your word, to, to seek your love and your grace and your mercy. Help us put our trust in you and who you say you are, God. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. It means a lot. I, I'm here to, like it says in John 21, this is the trough. You know, I'm here to tend to the sheep and to feed the sheep with knowledge and wisdom and different things about Christianity. Um, in this, this series, we're going to talk a lot about just different things. I got some things planned ahead, but we're going to listen to the Spirit and go by what He wants to speak first before what I want to. As of right now, the next episode is going to be all about who is and who was Jesus. And what did he do when he was alive? What did he do in persecution? What did he do after the grave? And who is he today? I hope you join us. I hope you enjoyed this one. Seek Jesus. Seek his love. It'll satisfy. It'll sustain. It'll be better than any pleasure you can ever receive from anything else. Thank you. And this has been your host, Mike G.